cliffcentral.com. What's up? Welcome to it, the Bounce Show. It is February the 6th of... <laughs> it's like the February. Sorry, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather today. I seem to have picked up something over the weekend. Uh, a bit scratchy around the throat. Anyway, um, nice show again for you today. I've done some nice prep. I had a pre-recorded interview with a guy who I find very, very interesting. Not in a sporting sense whatsoever, of course. He tells me he doesn't really care about sport. In fact, he says the only exercise he does is sex, which is, you know, you've got you to admire people who are upfront in life. Brent Lindekew, otherwise known as the Good Things Guy, he is my interview today. He is my, my special guest talking about positivity and the power of it and how great things come your way. Now, I'm not, I'm not fobbing you off in some sort of like pseudo secret conversation here. It's about, um, you know, keep perspective in life and how we can enjoy sport more if it's slightly more positive. Uh, it's an angle I've, I've wanted to kind of have on it as an interview. And uh, it just happens that Brent is probably the greatest guy to have on this. So that'll be your interview in the second half of the show. But uh, the first half, oh, well, jeepers, what a weekend. Huh? It was a great weekend to be here in Joburg, of course, going to go watch the pink ODI. Well, it was up until A.B. de Villiers won the toss and decided to bowl. What the hell, A.B.? Come on. People are there to see sixes. They're there to see scores of 300 plus. They're not there to see Sri Lanka being bowled out for whatever. I mean, you can bowl them out for as much as you want when they're bat second. But, you know, there was, what was it, 330-something runs scored an entire day. I mean, that's what you kind of see when one innings. But, hey, it's a professional game. A.B. obviously wants to just win the game. And that's why they chose to bowl first because they realized they could put pressure on them. And that was how it was, really. But uh, the bees came in and ruined everything for like a good hour. You know, you wouldn't sure, you know, should I go get a beer? Shouldn't I? Is this going to take forever? Is it going to be quick? And uh, that was a bit of an unfortunate thing. But still, going to the Wanderers, it is still the best ground in SA. You can fight me on that until the day I die. What a great cricket ground that is. Backing track today is uh, DJ Snake. Keep on grooving. Sorry, DJ Sneak. DJ Snake is a contemporary DJ. DJ Sneak, uh, 1990s. Right, so I got a whole bunch of clips for you. I've got um, a very interesting chat with uh, uh, Tiger Woods did a few a few months ago. So as you know, Tiger, well, spent force, blah blah blah, uh, pulled out of the Dubai as a classic over the weekend, citing a sore back, which I tweeted about, no doubt from the weight of expectation the world is putting on him. And there's a very good line in this interview, which I'm going to play you a snippet of a little bit later. It's that we, the golfing public, the sporting public, can't let Tiger go. It's almost like we just can't believe that Tiger can't be anything other than amazing. And um hate to break it to everyone who believes in that, but, you know, we've got to move on in life. We've got to realize that childhood heroes and all that kind of stuff doesn't really exist. Tiger's in his early 40s, but he is a spent force, both mentally and physically. We've spoken about this at length before, but it just seems every time he tees it up, you know, it's just the same, same pressure on him. I saw an incredible clip on YouTube the other day. It was every single shot that Tiger hit in the first round of the Farmer's Open Insurance thingy. He shot 76 on route to missing the cut. This it wasn't memorable golf, but every single shot, someone put the time and effort into making this happen for one video clip, which you're going to watch. Ugh, seems a little sad to me. But let's get into the headlines, shall we? Let's get into all the big things that happened over the weekend. Thank you, DJ Sneak. 
There you go. There he goes. So it was another big weekend for the Blitzbox. Okay, these guys. Wow. I mean, we all know that they're basically the greatest thing in SA rugby. But just the way they're so relentlessly good now. There's been three titles, right? Three out of four finals. And uh, the, the one that didn't win was in Cape Town against the English. Well, they're up against the English again in Sydney over the weekend, and they absolutely hammered them in in the final. It was it was huge. Man of the 13 jersey is Stefan Dippenar, who's out there for the engine. Third o'clock. Over it goes to Sanatla. Sanatla steps. Sanatla beats the final tackle. Sanatla flings one over the top. And they are in again. And it is Dippenar. Dippenar with the try. The most comprehensive of, of victories, and what really was nice that Sanatlo had a great send off. He scored nine tries in this final tournament before he joins the Stormers, where he'll see sweet bugger all of the ball. So I hope you really enjoyed his nine tries of the weekend. If he can get the ball nine times in a game, it'll be quite something. It'll be actually ridiculous in that Stormers team. He's no doubt going to be chasing kicks and basically standing and watching centers cut inside. But hey. Let's try to stay positive. The theme of the theme of today's show is positivity. So the Blitzbox are now 17 points clear at the top of the rankings for the, the World Series right now. 17 points. That is an absolute shitload. And, uh, next up, well, below them is England. Uh, Fiji, not the same team as last year. New Zealand just keep on the downward spiral. Aussies as well. They don't seem to be able to maintain or, or retain any sort of big talent. Um, so yeah, it's looking solid as a rock there. And they go on to Las Vegas. That's the next one. So Las Vegas it is. Oh, I don't know. I must have picked up something over the weekend. It's just giving me like this flu symptom thing. So um, I apologize for a sound of a gruff. But there was also Six Nations over the weekend, right? So as you know, Six Nations, some people are actually going as far as to say that Six Nations nowadays is better than the rugby championship. And as much as your reflex reaction is, ah, oh, piss off, it's not. When you think of it as a competition, it kind of is because firstly, time zones, right? Totally help Six Nations because you can watch it in a very similar kind of time and it's nice and everything's kind of similar. Um, strength for strength quality, definitely. I mean, I know England are the favorites, but they're not exactly overwhelming favorites. They're not going to exactly just waltz over everyone like New Zealand does in the rugby championship. And um, I know Italy are like the sort of whipping boys, but still, I mean, there's some competitive matches there. Suddenly Scotland are rejuvenated. Oh, sorry, they're rejuvenated. Um, so you've got Scotland pretty handy. They beat Ireland over the weekend, right? So that was a pretty close encounter. And, and Scotland have been pushing a lot of teams close in the sort of last 18 months. They managed to beat Ireland 27-22. Wales thumping Italy 33-7. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, Italy, Italy really on a great side. But let's not talk about how they're not great, seeing as they did beat the Springboks last year. And in the close game of the weekend, which, well, I'm surprised it was this close, 19-16 was the final result there. Uh, England take it at home. But as Eddie Jones says, well, we played shit and we still got four points. Good to win when you don't play well. Uh, we didn't play well. I take full responsibility for the performance. I didn't prepare the team. Oh, hang on a second. I, just, I think Eddie's got something in his throat here. He's obviously feeling what I'm feeling at the moment. Okay, let's try that again. Eddie, sp- sp- speak a little bit more eloquently, please. Good to win when you don't play well. Uh, we didn't play well. I take full responsibility for the performance. I didn't prepare the team well enough. Um, so I've got some things wrong. I've got a lot of homework to do over the weekend. So I'll make sure the team plays much better against Wales. But at the end of the day, after the first game, if we were if we were on, how many points is the win? Four points. If we were on four points, uh, we'd be happy, and we're happy. But we know we can play better. Um, 
So it's upward and onward. So we play Wales next week. Can't wait to get there. So England versus Wales in Wales. Can you believe the test record? 60% of the tests have been won by Wales. Only 40% have been won by England. So obviously mentally there's things that go on because I've been to... I've been to the Principality Stadium, it's just another ground. So we'll need to work out why the English don't play well at, at Wales. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's something to do crossing, what is it, Sven River? Seven. Seven River, yeah, whatever it is. I'll, it used to be a job. He sounds hammered, eh? He sounds drunk. It's like he was actually watching the game in a corporate box, just clapping GNTs and eventually like, ah, oh, they weren't very good today. But yeah, it's something I, I do like to see about Eddie Jones, and I, I've, I've said this from the beginning. The guy doesn't take much shit, and he's just very sort of matter-of-fact manner, about things. And, uh, well, that's just a, it's a sign of a good team. You know, when New Zealand were going on that long run, which England may actually win here, you know, as you know, that if England win every single, single match in the Six Nations, uh, the final game being against Ireland, they will eclipse the All Blacks major, major record. And, um, throughout their record as well, they also had some close, close encounters. They also played badly, but they didn't scrape the win. And that's what they got. So sometimes it's a very good way to start a tournament because you are really, you know, brought back to ground quite quickly. You know exactly what you need to work on because you learn so much from, Poor performances. So that's the Six Nations. That's going on at the moment. Super Rugby news. Uh, I hope you've joined my pool uh, on Super Brew. We are playing Super Super Brew this year, as, as I mentioned the last couple of weeks. I've got some really, really great prizes, as now confirmed through Puma. So we're getting signed merchandise from uh, some, of the, some of the players. So we're getting like the latest and greatest of, of boots, signed by Jesse Creel, signed by Ron Combrink, top quality with Springbok players. And we're also getting a signed jersey by the entire Bulls squad so even if you're on a Bulls fan if you're on a Lions fan it's a great prize to have so I'll be confirming that in writing to you on the Bounce of Citadel today uh, sometime today or tomorrow but you're hearing it first right here so go into Superbrew find the Bounce Pool that's just one word the Bounce Pool and uh, join up. It's going to be loads of fun. So if you haven't played Super Brew before, this is a great time to start. If you know all about it, but you were thinking maybe not playing, well, just get back in there. It'd be really great. And of course, you'll get tips and inspiration and encouragement, all that kind of stuff every week right here on The Bounce Show. Right, where were we? Ah, football. Yes, we've got to talk about football. Football or soccer? Well, let's actually start with football, football, as in like the real round ball game. Jürgen Klopp, where does this guy go from here? I mean, we spoke about how January was just the worst month. Well, February's not looking too flash either. They lost 2-0 to Hull. Hull, who are in relegation zone, the drop zone, not a great side. Uh, they did hold Man United recently and just kind of give them some scares. But they went up against Liverpool. Liverpool needing to try to hang on somehow to Chelsea. And they lost 2-0, Jürgen Klopp, after the match. Um, it's all about a reaction now, as always. Do you need to see something different from your players this week? Do you need them to, to be angry, as you say you were angry? <laughs> yes. Yes, but again, the results are my responsibility. So it's, uh, it's about um, doing the right things in training. That was everything right, but I said, when you see then this, and um, yes, we have to show reaction as a group, not only the players, we all have to show reaction, and um, yes, if, if look, I don't like it, but you have to accept it, I don't like it, when people now say we have a wonderful record against the top teams, but then against the other teams, we have not not um, even a kind of a record, meanwhile, and um, so, but it's it's the right, we're not used to 
things like this. And most, still most of the time in my life, I've, I've worked for or played and worked for a weaker team, if you want. And um, um, we, we never had a chance when the other team was at 100%. So we should be at 100%. And that's what we have to, that's what we have to, to do uh, in, in the dressing room. In the dressing room. Okay, as you can see, he's quite choked up. That's not my bandwidth. He's just breaking down a bit. He's getting close to tears. So it's unfortunate for Klopp because he started off so well. But now, I mean, Louis van Gaal's record in England is better than his. That can't be a cool thing to have. Uh, it doesn't get much worse. Uh, so, sorry. <coughs> didn't get much better for Arsenal. Sorry, cough. I mean, it makes me ill just thinking about these guys. Uh, Arsenal, well, they went down to Chelsea 3-1. It was a pretty listless, useless performance. And there's no point playing you the Arsenal fan TV comments because they're exactly the same. Exactly, exactly the same. It's like Groundhog Day. Just they're wearing slightly different clothing. Uh, yeah, so Hull, 2 0 over Liverpool. Spurs, they managed to stay in check, but, but you know, they'll just capi- cap- completely capitulate <laughs> towards the end. Completely capitulate towards the end of the season. So they beat Middlesbrough though over the weekend, 1 0. Man City, they, well, I don't know how they managed to get into position they were. They were so dominant against Swansea that uh, Jesus, their new signing, brilliant player. Uh, they were one up and then they just sort of held off, held off. Swansea were like, had no interest in ever winning this game. They had so many guys behind the ball. They then sort of pressed ahead and they got a cheeky little goal to draw 1-1. And then injury time, Jesus popped up again and got the winner. And then Leicester, oh, you got to feel for these guys. Huh? I think not since the mid-1930s has a team won the league and the very next season been relegated. That is a very real concern for Leicester. They went down 3-0 to Man United and then there was just moments in that game where it was just too easy. You know, Cashmas Michael standing there in the goal thinking, what the hell has happened here? It's just, oh, it's so, it's just a shame. The crowd was like kind of, it was 10% full by the end of the, end of the game. The, the fans have just had enough. Claudio Ranieri just looks like a lost man. He just literally does look like a lost dog in a park. And, uh, it's not a really good sign. So if you were to look at the log now of the English Premier League, Chelsea, they're still flying high. 24 games, 19 wins, two draws, only three losses. They've got a huge goal difference of 34, and they're on 59 points. That's a pretty good record. Spurs, they're in second, 50 points. Then it's Man City on 49. Then it's Arsenal on 47. And then Liverpool, 46. And Man United on 45. Everton had a big win over the weekend. They beat Bournemouth with uh, six goals. Sheep, that's a huge result. Uh, they have 40 points, okay? So that's in seventh. They're obviously out of the picture. Um, I wouldn't even say that they're realistically going to play for fourth position. So they're out of it. So again, it's looking at that top six, but say it again and again all the time. It's Chelsea's thing. But onto AFCON. Well, that was a really, really exciting finish. You know, normally these, these big tournaments, they finish terribly, very grim affairs where safety first and eventually get to, to get to the penalties and then you just hope for the best. But Cameroon versus Egypt. Decent game. It really, really was. Now, with all things that I mentioned on here, I shall provide uh, visual clips on the Bounce of today afterwards. You can go see the whole blog post. So I've got the full match highlights for you there. But Egypt scored first. Cameroon came back in the second half. And then on the 87th minute, wow, what an absolute showstopper this was. You've got to obviously listen to it in French because the AFCON. Siani. Lota larga de Siani. Although this isn't French. Control de so just, if you're wondering that they just score a goal at the 87th minute. 
packed crowd. Oh, it's, it's a great scene. It's a great scene for African football. It's a great scene for football in general. It's always cool seeing big moments like this. And it was a good goal, very well taken. Well fielded in the box. Little chinky dinko, the defender, and then bam, on the right corner. So Cameroon are the AFCON champions. These guys have been they've been all over the place in the last couple of years. They really have. And people call them has-beens, just a bunch of talentless weightlifters. But there's a variety of things. But there you go. Burkina Faso beat Ghana in the water uh, for the third and fourth place playoff. And I do feel for Burkina Faso. I thought they were so unlucky in that semifinal against Egypt. Not just because I had money on them to win the whole thing. It's just that they did also kind of beat or they topped the group that Cameroon was in. So anyway, I'm not sour whatsoever. I kind of quit gambling anyway. I'm terrible at it. So that was football. Um, on to other football. Do you watch the Super Bowl? Do you care about the Super Bowl? The answer is generally no. You care about the ads and you care about the halftime show. Halftime show starts in three, two, Zero. The National Football League welcomes you to the Pepsi Zero Sugar Super Bowl 51 Halftime Show. Yeah, try to say that quickly. So, uh, pay the picture for you. Lady Gaga is on the top of the stadium. God bless America. And it's your usual sort of patriotic crap. Well, technically not for everyone, is it? <laughs> so, yeah, she's on top of the stadium, apparently. It's all green screened because then the stars make a big uh, flag and then they lower her into the stadium. Well, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because people will look more at this more today than Tom Brady's Patriots winning it. Let's be honest. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, for the next 10, 12, 15 minutes, Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga all over the place. But I'm absolutely amazed by the scale of this event, okay? So you've got this huge football stadium, so they've got like 100,000 people in it. But the halftime show is like such, such a production. The staging, the lighting, absolutely everything. So this halftime must be what, like over an hour? Can you imagine playing, okay? So you get all amped for the first half. And obviously, this is just a massive reflection on American football, American sports in general, is that there's so many timeouts, there's so many stoppages, there's so many breaks to obviously play towards the adverts and the marketing. But as a player, how do you mentally stay focused on a night like this? Because it's just so long. Like, you, you play a first half of football, and then uh, you, you literally are, like, you know, you got to warm down, you got to warm up again. It's a really, really long time. But I guess this is what they do. American sports are made for entertainment. So though as South African people and people of the normal world who play sports that are consecutive in action, it's strange for us, but this is the norm for them. And the only American event I want to see is the Masters, and that still stands. Speaking of golf, Hideki Matsuyama, what a champion this guy is, huh? He went back-to-back as far as waste management open titles are concerned. He beat Ricky Fowler last year in a playoff, and then this year... Again, just like last year, it was Matsuyama and Fowler last year. It would come all the way to the 17th, the fourth, pl- fourth play. 
this year. He had Webb Simpson, the ex-Ryder Cup US Open star, and uh, onto the fourth hole, fourth hole playoff this one was. Playoff hole, Simpson for birdie. Had to play sideways, a tricky back left hole location at 17. That clears the way for Matsuyama. This for birdie on the fourth playoff hole to win for the second year in a row. He's got it. Take you, Matsuyama. This guy, solid, solid pick for one of the majors this year. Maybe not the Masters because he hits a bit of a cut, but I wouldn't bash I wouldn't be surprised he wins everything. Um, wow, solid, solid guy. So much good golfing talent on right now. Um, Sergio Garcia, he won in uh, Dubai. He went from start to finish. Bad weather, everything. No matter what was thrown at him, he did it. But I said I was going to play an excerpt from this uh, Charlie Rose interview Tiger Woods clip right now. I'm posting the whole clip for you on the website. Actually, I'm going to make a blog post around this because it's so interesting. So listen to this uh, about Tiger and where he is and uh, where we think he should be. Here is what's interesting about you more than any golfer. That's the voice of Charlie Rose. Uh, any athlete I know. It's not just you. It's us. We can't let you go. I mean, there's a sense that we never. Oh, you care? Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. But there is a sense right. that we never understood how it was to be so brilliant on a golf course. We didn't get how one could be so dominant in a sport. Uh, we we didn't understand how you could lose that either. Mm-hmm. You know, and we desperately, and I think this is everybody, because of the mystique and because of where it was and because of how it was lost, mm-hmm. is to, to understand and to want you to come back. Right. They want to see it, right. that kind of dominance. It's reflected in television ratings. Mm-hmm. They want to see it one more time. You've thought about that. Uh, of course, Charlie. You know, I, I miss being out there. I miss competing. I miss mixing up with the boys and, and coming down the stretch. You like being Tiger Woods? I like beating those guys. <laughs> and, I, and that's what I... That's why I practiced all those hours. That's why I trained all those hours in the gym. I ran all those miles. Um, is to be ready to, to take on those guys down the stretch. And... Okay, so that's a small teaser for you. This interview is amazing. You will hear all of it. I, I will share it. But can you imagine that, okay, what you've just heard, and you imagine him going into, say, last week where he missed the cut. Uh, the week, sorry, the, the week before last, you missed the cut. This week, going to Dubai, shooting 77 in that first round and then pulling out with back spasms. So what Tiger just said there, he still has the drive. He still wants it but he doesn't know if he can get it. In his mind, he's still thinking, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. But deep down, there's so much doubt and there's so much reality that he's battling to really deal with. I got, I got, I got a feel for this guy, I really do. And all this media attention and hype around him, is just, it's just unfair, quite frankly. I know he's built it up for himself and he's brought it on himself by being so brilliant. But just think, uh, when you really want something so badly and you know it's, you've got all the capabilities to do it, but right now, it's like the, the horse is bolted. It is so, so sad. Anyway, final story before we get into interview with Brent Lindeku is that the T20 League of South Africa is going to become a professional privatized affair. About bloody time. Well done, Cricket South Africa. Now, it's very difficult in this country to get any positivity around of sports fans, but this is, of course, the episode will be positive. Uh, I, I applaud this move because what it's saying is that, right, we aren't messing around anymore. We need private ownership in SA Sports. We need privately owned teams. We need fresh money coming into it, private sector money coming into it. That's the only way we're going to go forward with the sport. And cricket domestically, let's be honest, it's floundering. Outside of the protests, we're doing very well right now. Very good team. The local T20 League didn't have a sponsor last year. They ram slam 
was done. Obviously, the match-fixing allegations didn't help. Um, you know, the one-day tournament, the four-day events, it's just so difficult to get crowds to it. But here, Cricket South Africa being proactive about it. So they basically put out a tender notice over the weekend. So I'll also have a blog post around this, how to um, start up your own T20 team. So there's less you look going on this week. Wow, there really is. But I'll keep it updated on Twitter. Um, so they've done this. So you can go and you can literally email your um just your your intent to Cricket South Africa, then they'll get you into the tender process. There's going to be eight teams around the eight city centers, and you could be a T20 owner. Well, obviously not. You know what I mean, though. Companies and money, everything involved. But it's a really, really productive, uh, proactive step, and you've got to say it's a step in the right direction, and only good things can come from this. So I really look forward to what's going to happen on the back of this. That's pretty much it for all the sporting headlines. I need to go and medicate my throat. But do not go away because we've got an interview with Brent Lindeque. Now, Brent, as I said at the start of the show, is probably the most positive guy that I know. And I don't like positive people because I don't believe it's very sincere. I think they're putting on a front a lot of the time. A lot of the time, people are just really annoying and they just seem needy, like they need attention. Brent, on the other hand, is just the real deal. He's a guy who's just – like he walks into these Cliff Central studios and he's just – he's a ray of sunshine. Everyone loves this dude. He's got so much sense. He's such an intelligent guy and he's doing such incredible things. Like there's over a million people visit his website every month because they're looking for good news and he is all things good he really is so here we go um this interview with brendan the q i shall catch you back uh next week in real form but you can also hear my voice now in pre-recorded form i know i know i spoil you but that's okay because i love you too okay so it's february and we all know what february means we can finally get back into watching live rugby which is something i'm massively excited about as a rugby fan i'm sure you are too because rugby is a great game however 2016 was like 2016 was like the most horrible nightmarish year no matter what happened okay unless you were a lions fan it was just a heartbreaking year it was like taking all your your biggest breakups in your whole life high school onwards whatever putting them all together the box were crap every super rugby team was mostly shit even the lions were disappointing towards the end how they lost in that final um even the sevens box they let us down and then did I mention the stream box? Again, I try not to, and I end up doing it twice. It gets it gets really, really bad. Anyway, so what I discovered throughout the year, being on social media, is that people have gone to the stage where people are kind of cynical and they have like the odd jobs here and there. It's not gone to flat out like desperation. People are really upset. You know, people are now supporting the All Blacks. They're talking about watching netball. Some people have even gone so far as to take up cycling. I mean, when that happens, I just think that that's pretty much the end. There, after that, it's basically a bridge and uh, and a drop. So, I think collectively, what this interview is about is um, bringing in someone who is maybe not, I wouldn't expect to have on this show, uh, and you as a listener might not expect to have him on the show. But I think this is going to be a therapy session for all us rugby fans, so that we can look ahead and not be apprehensive or have any anxiety about the rugby season ahead, but actually. Take it with some new vigor, take it with some positivity, and be able to keep things in perspective. So if, I'm saying if, because I'm already being positive here, you can tell by the tone of my voice, if things go badly again this year, we'll have perspective because we'll know how to be positive. So on the back of that ridiculously long-winded, completely unprepared intro, Brett Lindeque, how are you? Uh, fantastic, and it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. On a sports show, the man is not sporting, but you are quite possibly... No, fuck it, you are. You are probably the most positive person in this Cliff Cliff Central place. And I don't just mean this because positive people actually freak me out. 
they freak me out and they scare me because I don't believe them. A lot of people come in here and they're so happy and they're living their best lives from Instagram to the hour or two they're in the studio. But you can see it's so insincere. With you, though, you come into a place and a lot of people back me up on this. You actually have a personality about you. and Everyone's like, hey, Brent, everyone smiles. We tell good stories. Our days are cool. Uh, Brent has a show here on a Tuesday. And uh, I suggest you listen to that as well. It's from 10 to 11. You can get the podcast on cliffcentral.com. That's an amazing pun. Thank you. But um, yeah, so when Brent comes in here, he's, he's, got a, he's got a light about him because this is a guy who's completely and always happy. Now, I'm not saying that he's one of those guys who, who puts it on. He's got a real life like anyone else. He's got a job. He's got clients. He's got uh, people to upset or impress. So he goes through the highs and lows, but he always keeps perspective and he's always hugely happy. Now, Brent, before we get into the technical stuff of why I'm actually bringing you into a rugby chat. Have you always been like this? I would say like 100%. And if I look back, Facebook and social media is how we live our lives, right? So we're able yeah. to to sort of see where we came from. Um, Facebook has got this amazing thing called uh, On This Day, I think it's called. Yeah, so you, flashbacks. Yeah. So it flashbacks and it sort of shows you where you were. And, and I've been on social media, Facebook, since 2007. That's 10 years that, wow. that I've been on it um, okay. when it first sort of came around. And when I look back 10 years ago... I am 100% the same as I was then. There's like there's consistency across the board that I've always just been me. I've always just been this guy. And I have That's no crazy. idea. I have no idea why. Um, I, I sometimes explain it as I'm almost the opposite of depression, which might be a bad state to be in. I'm not too sure. No, we're all completely cooked nowadays. So but yeah, it's a little bit crazy. But, but like your, your crazy seems fine though. <laughs> um, I'm just. I guess I'm thankful and uh, I'm, I'm really just happy to be alive and I try experience every moment for what it is. Um, yes, there's stress and there's, there's bad stuff. And like you said, clients to impress, work to be done, people stressing you out. Um, but I think I realized a little while ago that life is continuously happening for us. Right. Everything that's around me is happening for us and it's for you and it's for me and whatever you're experiencing, you're experiencing for a reason. So if it is even a little bit stressful and a little bit tough and the rugby's really bad and you feel like you want to jump off a bridge, um, it's happening for you to maybe make you a little bit stronger or to make you appreciate your rugby team a little bit more. Three, see how I threw in the sports, the sports <laughs> <Like> natural, <laughs> totally unprompted, yeah. I didn't have to come back to it hard in the end. But surely, like, there's those days. And again, getting back to the topic of this conversation, rugby fans feel that they really are up against it. When you think, not only are our players leaving for overseas, not only is the bad administrators, I mean, we've got some really inept, pathetic people running SA Rugby. And I'm not, I'm not just talking about Western Province who went into liquidation and have been bought out by private companies all the way to the top. Sorry, potentially the most rotten of the most, uh, of, of the lot. So w when you encounter like just basic things are setbacks in life, whether it be uh, work, relationship-wise, or just, you know, traffic shitty, or you're tired of the news. Do you have like a sort of mantra, or do you have like something that always kind of guides you towards positivity? I know you did mention that life is really worth living, and uh, a lot of people say that in the cliched sense again. Like the only reason I'm chatting to you, because when you say that, it actually means something. But do you ever have like daily go-tos that kind of make you feel a bit better? So I think everything that feeds back to to my uh, happy place or, or how I control my emotions, I realized a long time ago that everything we do is a choice. It, it's a 100% choice that we make. The brain is like... If you think about your way of thinking, it's like canals are forming in your brain and it sort of cements the way of thinking. So if you're in a depressive state or if you are really 
fucked off about the rugby and yeah. it's, it's sort of the space that you're in, it's going to create grooves in your brain that you will think about work the same way. And you becomes like a pattern, like a, totally, it's almost totally. like a, like a learned behavior. T- totally. And you can unlearn that. You can, you can change your canals. You can change your grooves. So I, it was six years ago. I think the most tragic thing that could have ever happened to me, my father died. My best friend, the absolute love of my life, uh, got back from a Mozambican holiday in December, big fat jaw, drinking G&Ts on the beach. Um, and he got back. He thought he had the flu. And um, it turned out he actually had cerebral malaria and he died the next day. Wow. So it was quick. It was it was sudden and it was tragic. It affected uh, my brothers and myself. We were all in absolute mess. For sure. The one thing, and that's why it's so it's so beautifully tragic to say, but he is my happy place. So my dad lived his life to the fullest, like right. to the fullest. He was a sport fanatic. You would have loved him. Um, he rode bikes. He was a he was crazy. Uh, I, I still recall in like two, I don't know what the dates, two, the year two thousand. He got into a bike accident where he um. He paralyzed his left arm, like fully. He mm-hmm. was he was on a, a breakfast run, and they were drinking, and they were hooligans, and he was like a naughty boy. Yeah. And um, and for ten years after that, he lived life to the fullest, every single moment. He got married three times. Um, he traveled <laughs> the world. He he rode a bike with one arm. Like he he bought boats. He had houses. He just. He took everything that he had and he just lived his life to the fullest. My dad taught me that. And I think that's where I go back to is that life is very short and, and we're not promised another moment. So why waste it on being unhappy or sad? Even, even if it is a rugby game that is your life and yeah. who you support and it's, it's all you do on a Saturday, um, don't let that affect who you are. No, that's that's powerful. This is even going beyond a rugby chat now. Look, it's great. Again, it's like it's this perspective I, I believe that someone like you will have, and I think a lot of fans they lose a perspective because they become so entrenched in their miseries or so entrenched with their prejudices about certain things. But now your website, goodthingsguy.com, dot um, it's one of the. I mean, I, I'm sure you got the stats. It's one of the most highly visited sites. I mean, I know of anyone I've actually met, and I've met some really famous people. <laughs> He's just not he's really. throwing name there. Just, no, just no, put it out there. Not really. Um, but your site is completely 100% dedicated to positive things, which to me, you might have slow weeks or whatever. Anyway, we'll get back to that in a second. A lot of people don't actually realize that they're stuck in this sort of um, swamp of negativity a lot of the time because a lot of the time they're surrounded by people in the same kind of things. In your interactions, whether it be business, whether it be through your website and through your show, what are the biggest sort of um, telltale signs that people are just sort of stuck in this negativity rut? Well, I think it's easy. So the, the, the first part of that is it's flippin' easy to get stuck Just to in sink a into, yeah. It's, it's so easy. Whether it's because of sport or news or South Africa or politics, I mean, you can literally open up a, a media website, a, a newspaper right now, and you're going to see crime, corruption, um, bad news, horrible stories, politics. Uh, just if you want to, if you want to really be in a bad mood, watch the president for one day. Like, yeah. It's going to happen. It's, it's, <laughs> it's going to take you there. Um, and the reality, the reality is, it's not, it's not a South African thing, it's an international thing. People don't balance themselves. So they'll, they'll feed themselves with this news and propaganda and media and things that are really controlling their thoughts, but they don't do the same on the good side. Yeah. So they don't go and look for good news. It's almost like junk food. You're becoming gluttonous to all this junk, bad news. People love misery. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a saying in, in journalism, if it bleeds, it leads. 
And that's what sells newspapers. For real. For real. That's what sells newspapers. I made a decision 18 months ago um, to... to through the show and through Cliff Central and researching all of these good news stories, I realized that there are so many out there. There is really good stuff happening every single moment of the day. And I decided to create a website um, 18 months ago. I've got a million readers a month that come through to the website. Like I can't even fathom that in my head that it's collected this organic growth that's, of people that's that want incredible. good news. Right? They want good news. They want this good feeling. They want the good stuff. Um, the problem is is that there's not an, there wasn't a platform before to do it. Right. There wasn't that platform. 18 months later, it's successful. It's great. It's, it's turned into a business. I've hired uh, digital content writers that are doing a lot of the stories. We're publishing almost 20 stories a day wow. of, of good news. Um, thankfully, it's not just me anymore. There is that much good exhausted. news. Ben, you don't understand. <laughs> There's so much good news that people just don't know about. So, so our job is to really bring it to the forefront and bring that news. And I can tell you now that the big media moguls have cottoned onto this. So before, 18 months ago, you wouldn't have seen good news if you opened up a newspaper. You wouldn't have seen good news if you opened up a, a website or a News24. And right now, News24 have opened up three sister websites that are just sharing good news. That's incredible. That's obviously the successful side of things, and it couldn't have been like that from day one. People love to pull other people down because we see it with celebrity culture all the time, right? So pull them up and then break them down. Them, break them down so you can feel better about your sad existence. Did you encounter like a lot of hate, a lot of people just being negative, like, oh, you're just a good things guy, you're not real, you're making up cuck stories? Uh, I don't even know. I can't even think about that. Yes, 100%. Um, but and and how, how'd you deal with something like that did that not perturb you to be so outspoken and like because you know you're creating an M for yourself now and your website's huge as you mentioned was there ever a time where you're thinking like oh, you know these people are so negative this is so just, it's quite a difficult job to get this positivity out there so uh, a couple of things first never ever read the comments it doesn't matter if you're on YouTube if you're on Twitter or if you're you're posting something on Facebook um, people love crowd uh, what's the right word crowd funding not funding mob they, mentalities that's it mob yeah. mentality so they love that and and if one person cottons onto it everybody will jump in why people love misery we go back to that again yeah. so never ever read the comments don't ever let the comments get to you is the first sort of part of that because I find that one of the worst things about rugby and again going back to the sport angle is that people read these comments and that's where they actually get in their insights which is one of the most damaging and hurtful things especially and, if you don't know the, the, the full story and and you see this trend the whole time, like, oh, transformation's ruining sport. And then, you know, you get a story about the Blitzbox, so the most I, transformed team out there, also probably our strongest team out there. If I can um, open up your listeners' eyes to something that is a massive reality, and, and I, I implore you to do this from this moment on, is when you see something, be it a headline, understand that that journalist is trying to provoke something within you. Right. So if, if there's a headline, they can control the conversation. And I've learned that with Good Things Guy. I can control how people are going to perceive a story. And journalists know how to do that to you. So if you see a transformation is crap headline, you're obviously it's going to stir something within you. And then that comment is going to start the comment section. And the reason that they want comments and engagements on a story is because then it gets picked up in Facebook's algorithm. So it'll get shown more. Um, journalists are con controlling you. It's propaganda. Um, so when you understand that. So and, scary. It's so true. 
And you take it one step further when you see a headline or if you see something online or even a story, read the story, get the full story, get a full understanding. And if you, if you want to be even more informed, um, Google the story so you can see other people's opinions because the journalists are trying to control you at the end of the day. Yeah. I, again, like there's just so many great salient points coming out in this interview and I'm glad that we are chatting about this. Again, it's just like positivity is not the hardest thing in the world. It's just that it's not the norm anymore. Or maybe it ever has been. I don't, I don't think it ever has been. I don't think it ever has been. It's like Donald Trump saying, make America great again. I think every single generation, every single person out there throughout history has had some sort of horrible element to life. And I think it's been a general trend. These good old days that people talk about, that's just propaganda from different generations. Yeah, just, they were no good old, old days. People, old people only remembering the good stuff when they, were, when they were younger. But speaking about being reflective and nostalgia, I think another, another problem is nostalgia is a very di- like dangerous thing a lot of the time for people. I think especially with, with sports, um, sports teams, people always have this perceived idea like, oh, the three box were once great. There were some pretty dodgy moments. If you go back in the history of, of their their lifespan, it's, there were some horrible moments. There were just terrible moments with terrible coaches, worse players, no administration, nothing like that. So do you ever, like, do you ever find like maybe it's a good ploy to only ever look forward? I mean, are you quite a f- forward-thinking person, or do you have times of reflection? I think there is always time for reflection. Um, it reminds you of where you've come from and who you've been and whether it's sport or business or whatever you're doing. It does give you that reflection, but you can never dwell on the past. Yeah. Um, there's a good saying, and I'm going to get it completely wrong, so don't quote me. It's okay. Misquote it, then claim it your own. I'll misquote it. We'll put a <laughs> meme on it with my face, and it'll go viral. Um, you can't you can't move forward if you're holding on to the past. There's so no way. Simple. There's no way to do it. So, yes, to be reflective, to know where you've come from to know your roots to know your history is fantastic but you always need to be going forward you always need to be moving forward um, without goals without focusing on a future you have no plan and then you'll land up doing what other people want you to do so always have a goal is what i believe yeah it's so true and you know we, we I think it's pretty much what I wanted to get out of this interview is that you only got to look forward. There is so much to look forward to in this country. If you believe everything the media is throwing out there to sell a story, to get comments, to get clicks, there's something we've got to be conscious of because, as I said at the start of this interview, I'm starting to see it seep into rugby fans now. People are getting angry, not to the point like, okay, my recreational activity is not as great as it used to be. There's actual personal anger. I mean, it's families are being torn apart people are getting blind drunk and not in a good way either you said about the bridge like the, the bridge is in in eyes view that people are sort of making their way there and I, I i said it earlier on um understand that the media are portraying something because they want you to click yep. um print is going one way so it's all going online and people want clicks that's what they want they want more people visiting their website whatever the website is a big media house a small media house whoever's writing these stories um they're trying to entice you mm. To click, to talk, to engage, um, and I and, think and get is, emotional as well. Like I write people. You also mentioned about the fact that we need to read stories, read the whole thing. And I think another thing that's not happening is a rugby right now. Rather than just looking at us, Goodsear, who's Springbok coach, right? Four wins from twelve in anyone's language that is dreadful. But it doesn't help when the comment section is like, "Yo, this oak is cuck," and then full stop. There it is. We've all got to, all got to understand. Okay, you know what? Wrong guy for the job. Fine, nothing personal. This guy shouldn't be set on fire. Some of the comments that come out would suggest that he needs to be set on fire. Wrong guy, what, what wrong we time. we call them armchair warriors? It's when, you, it's when you sit there and it's almost like you're anonymous because it's not real. So you say something online like set him alight. Would you ever say that in real life? No. If you had to meet this rugby star, he's a rugby star. He's in the team. He's, he's worked his way to get somewhere. If you had to meet him in 
real life, I can promise you that you would not tell another human being that they should be set alight. And if you did, you're a sadistic bastard. Bit weird, yeah. Bit weird. So I think it's becoming more informed about things and trying to seek information that's not just some salacious headline which is going to make you angry. I think that's another reason that um, we have to look like this to get ahead and be slightly happy about rugby. And in the end, it's... It's it's sport. It's fun. This is what you takes you away from your day to day. Like a lot of people don't have great jobs, because that's just the way the world is. We all have to have a mortgage. We all got bills. We all got aspirations. It all takes money. And sometimes we do really shitty things to do that. That's your Monday to Friday. Saturday and Sunday should be a lot happier. Taking all that negativity, taking all that sort of hatred into the weekend, and now on the sport. There's no wonder that there's like road rage. There's all kinds of other things that are happening in society. I'm not saying. I'm not saying sport anger it's a, is. It's a knock-on effect, but it's, it's exactly one. It's it a is. horrible butterfly effect, which Was all that stems from this. Sport term that I threw in there, knock-on effect. That is a rugby term, <laughs> correct? Um, I must just say though, as well, on the other side, if you are, um, if you're focusing as a community, and I know it's tough. I know that there's a lot of the the side of the sport that that's not going the way you wanted to, and your team's not playing that you wanted to, the way you wanted to. But if you had to focus a little bit differently as a supporter, yeah your team would play differently. Well, it's the other side. Again, it's like you, you spoke of goals. So, so from my understanding, a lot of sports don't have goals. It's get drunk, shout shit at the ref a lot of the time. That's your standard kind of SRP fan. Or it's get drunk, shout shit on social media. Or it's just be like, oh, I don't need this in my life anymore. And you kind of give up. There's very few people who are very positive. A lot of the time because they're being brought down again on social media. So if I were to say, okay, Rock didn't win, but wow, there's some really great positions that are coming through. And then someone will say, yeah, but this cuck transformation is going to kill it. The guy will move to France next week. You know, even if that is the absolute truth, that guy will move to France. Anything. It doesn't help anything. And there's opportunities coming up for other people. Some people are very close-minded to this. And my only message out of this, and I think we're going to wrap it up on that point because this is like brain overload right now for a lot of people. <laughs> but I think, Brent, you made a very good point. You can't go anywhere if you keep looking at the back. If people think that the glory days of SRP are behind us, Firstly, that's the biggest, biggest uh, worry because they couldn't have been. Only a small percentage of the population was playing rugby in the so-called glory days of this country. We've now got access to pretty much all of the population. There's so much talent out there. And yes, that is a very not so subtle jab, but transformation going to create wonders for us. So I think as well, it's expectations. People become so expectant of a certain way of life. They forget how to create a new way of life, which is again, it's like fundamentals. What are you going to, you can't just sit back and go, well, this is how it used to be. So what? That was it. You used to be young. Now you're fat and old. You've got to make the most of what you got. That's the only way you can possibly be happy. Agree 1,000%. Okay. Right. So we, we did mention about your show. Where else can we find your positivity and your general content? Go online? visit goodthingsguy.com. Um, it's the easiest place to get all of the stories. Like I said, I've got a team that are working now, busy posting stories. We're posting up to 20 a day. Um, and if you want to follow a little bit of inspiration on social media, just look for me. I'm Brendan DeCue on everything. Okay, you might have to spell the Linda Q there. L-I-N-D-E-Q-U-E. See, you throw Q in a word if people lose it. <laughs> All right, that's it for the Bounce Show this week. As I said, we are playing Super Brew this uh, year, so just basically the Bounce, that's the pool name. Uh, tell your friends, um, there's a good reason why we're going to play Super Brew this year, because of positivity. We're going to have a bit of fun. So many people just oh, say, oh, Super Rugby, it's not fun anymore. Well, this is one of the ways to do it. So we're going to have a little fantasy pool, we're going to have a lot of banter, and we're going to make it fun again, because we're going to be happy rugby supporters because 2019 World Cup 
let's just hope that we're not going to be completely shit. And that starts with us as well. It's not always the players. We've got to take more control and ownership about this. That's it for The Bounce Show this week. Catch me on Twitter at Follow The Bounce. If you've got anything you want to add to the show, guest suggestions, uh, something you want more of, something you want less of, Ben at thebounce.co.za. Otherwise, go to thebounce.co.za for everything blog-wise and me. That's pretty much it. Plugging the hell out of everything. Thanks for joining us. Catch you next week. Cliffcentral.com.